0: to start a series of messages last Wednesday on miracles are real. And tonight I want to talk to you about a miracle we can trust, a miracle that we can trust. And I want you to open up your Bibles with me, please, to St. John chapter 20. This is a resurrection chapter. This is a get-up chapter. If you're kind of down, this will get you up. Jesus went down in death and got up, resurrected power of God. And this 20th chapter is the proof, some of the proof, of his resurrection. Verse 19, we're going to read the remainder of this chapter 20. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, that's Sunday evening, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, and then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you." When he had thus said this, he breathed on them, and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said, unto them, except I see in his hands the print of nails, and put my finger into the print of nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, that's Sunday to Sunday, and Thomas now was with them, and then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus Christ, or Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing ye might have life through his name. I want to use for a subject a miracle you can trust. You may be seated. A miracle... You can trust. The last time in this reading of the scripture, the last time the disciples had seen Jesus, he had been butchered on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. These disciples had saw their master die on a rugged, cruel, wicked cross. They saw him gurgle his blood out and slowly die the death of a sinner who knew no sin, Jesus being the Holy Lamb of God. They were scared because they were afraid that the Roman leaders would come and kill them. The disciples were scared. And they went to an upper room, and there they hid themselves and made sure sure that the door was shut. And there, because of fear of the Jews, fear of the Roman soldiers, they hid themselves and Jesus shows up on a Sunday. And when he shows up on a Sunday, he says to them, uh, take a look. They're about to get 20-20 vision, spiritual 20-20 vision. Look at verse 20. And when they had so said, when Jesus had so said, he showed unto them his hands, his side, and then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They they got their spiritual 2020 vision right there. And there was such a, a power begin to surge through them because later they would leave that upper room. And all but one of those disciples would die, the death of a martyr, with great courage and servants in, in service to Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you about a living God not a dead God. I want to talk to you about a God that still answers prayer. I want to talk to you about God in which you and I can trust for a miracle. This is, is not perhaps, this is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed. He rose again from the dead. It is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed. But He included us in on that resurrection. For in us is resurrection power. Paul, when he, and of course he was Saul, and later he became the great apostle Paul after his conversion. And one of the things Paul always did when he went into a place was he would announce to the people he was preaching to that Jesus is not dead. I saw him. He died on the cross, but I saw him. He's alive and he's well. I want you to know that's a miracle you can trust. We can look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and know that that is a miracle we can trust. For there are churches everywhere across the land and have been for centuries. There are Christians that have died for the name of Jesus Christ and have lived for Christ over the millenniums. They've served their Savior for two millenniums. The name of Jesus Christ still throbs the loudest on planet Earth than any other name under heaven. That name of Jesus Christ is known around the world and known for his great victory of raising again from the grave. That wonderful name of Jesus. Usually when someone dies, you remember them for a while, but after hundreds of years, no one remembers them. But now it's been two millenniums, And everybody still remembers the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's not dead, he's alive. Amen. Jesus is alive. And so this is a great miracle that you can trust. Jesus is, number one, the miracle we can trust. He is the miracle that we can trust. Look at verse 27 and 28. Of this chapter 20, 27 and 28, he saith unto Thomas, reach, hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and thrust thy hand into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Verse 28, Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. The one disciple that had distrust was gone when Jesus Christ appeared the first time in the upper room. The Bible's very clear that Thomas was not there when Jesus Christ appeared in that upper room. His announcement was immediately, be of good cheer. His announcement was immediately, peace be unto you. As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. And then he breathed upon those disciples, Thomas, actually Thomas and Judas excluded, he breathed upon those disciples the breath of God, and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And they were breathed upon by the Spirit of God. When God's breath breathes upon you, things change. When God's breath came upon me uh, as a young man at 23 years old, and and I became a born-again child of God, my whole world changed. My whole life changed because I received a miracle that I could trust. This miracle that God has given me is a miracle of a new birth, and it is a miracle that I can trust. I, I'm going to share some things with you tonight that just just lit me up, just stirred my soul, when I began to see what Paul meant in Philippians chapter three, verse ten, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. The power of His resurrection, my friend, is with every child of God in this room. Are you hearing me? The power of His resurrection is with every one of us in His room. And our job is to know the power of His resurrection. Jesus is a miracle worker we can trust. Hello. He's a miracle worker we can trust. I want you to understand that this is a beautiful lesson as we look at this resurrection chapter 20 and 21 of John, how Jesus Christ comes to his disciples. They're fearful. They're afraid. They're panicked. They saw Jesus die. But the one in whom they had trusted showed up in the room and said, take a look. I'm still alive. And some of us in this room need to take another look. Jesus is still alive. Saints of God redeemed, tell it so. All around us, there's wonderful blessings coming because miracles are real. The powerful miracle-working Jesus Christ did not cease to be a miracle worker when he died on the cross. He stretched and flexed his muscles and rose again from the grave, the greatest miracle of all. And then he stretched his hands toward us, that holy child Jesus, to perform miracles according to the book of Acts chapter three and chapter four that he might heal by the holy child Jesus Christ as the disciples prayed that God is still alive. Every time someone was healed in the Bible, they always said, Jesus is alive. When Paul went into a village, he always said, the resurrection is real. He was crucified and rose again from the grave. That was the backbone of Apostle Paul's message. Jesus is alive. The backbone of Peter's message is Jesus is alive. And the backbone of this preacher is that Jesus is alive. And the backbone of the church is that Jesus is alive. And Jesus, because he's alive, is still a miracle worker that we can trust. Amen. Oh, prepare yourself to be blessed tonight. Prepare yourself to be touched in a unique, in a unique way. My question would be to you, do you believe God is real? Do you believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the grave? Someone might ask the question, do you believe in miracles? Well, my question is, do you believe Jesus rose again from the grave? Of course. Do you believe God is a living God? Of course. Do you believe God answers prayer? Of course. Do you believe the Bible and God's word will change someone's life? Of course, of course, of course. So the answer to all those questions is yes. God is still a God that performs miracles. He didn't stop performing miracles when he went back to heaven. He decided that he would do miracles through you and I. Now, he's the miracle worker. None of us can do it. It's only Jesus because we ain't got the can-do-it in us. But the Savior who lives in us can do it. Amen? And I want to point out some very wonderful points tonight. And and I want to, first of all, talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's two things that I want you to grasp real quickly miracles are the proof of God, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, miracles are the proof of his resurrection. People being born again is the proof of his resurrection. The church pulsating and strong is the proof of his resurrection. Jesus Christ did not just perform a resurrection. Jesus Christ is the resurrection. John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. us thou this. So if you need a resurrection, you don't need a special service. You don't need a special encounter. Jesus is the great I am the resurrection. He's life. He's not dead. Jesus is not tucked away somewhere out of business. There's not a closed sign on heaven's door. There's not, sorry, we're closed, come back another day on the windows of heaven. God is alive. Jesus Christ rose again from the grave not to just show us a sign that we can believe, but to continue business. Jesus Christ is still open for business. Hello. If you believe God can answer prayer, then you believe in miracles. If you believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the grave, then you believe in miracles. The question is, believest thou this? In verse 26, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you really believe that? Well, I thank God that Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and he proved that he is the resurrection and the life. But he went to the grave And he proved that he is the resurrection and the life. Now, let me give you another twist, and this is a little bit different, but you need to understand, miracles are the proof of his resurrection. And many of us say, amen to that. But miracles are the proof that Jesus is still alive. Don't miss that statement. Miracles are the proof that Jesus is still alive alive. He's alive. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Everybody say Jesus Christ the same. Yeah, he's the same Savior that raises the dead. He's the same Savior that cleanses the leper. He's the same God that brings life to dead bodies. He's the same God that saves and delivers. He is the same that died on the cross of Calvary, shed his blood for our sin. He is the same that agonized on the cross of Calvary. He is the same that opened blinded eyes. He is the same that raised the dead. He is the same that uh, forgives and, and gives eternal life. He is the same that leads Us and guides us. He's the same Jesus. The same Jesus that walked on water lives in us. The same Jesus that raised the dead lives in us. The same Jesus that opened blinded eyes is still alive. And miracles is the proof of his being alive. Amen. I'm glad that our Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. Now, the message is going to get a little tighter and going to be a little more bold. But I I want to stress to you that as children of God, in fact, the first thing Jesus Christ said to those disciples before he showed them his hands and the side, he said, peace be unto you. And he made this statement, As the Father sent me, even I send thou you. As the Father sent me, even so send I you. What did the Father send Jesus to do? He sent Jesus to do things that we can't do. Jesus forgives. He dies on the cross of Calvary. But what is the thing that Jesus wants us to do He doesn't want us to go to the cross and die. That's done been done. He doesn't want us to forgive anybody. He wants to to declare forgiveness to the world. That's what it means. Whatever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whatever sins you retain, they're retained. That don't mean you can forgive, but it does mean you can announce how someone can be forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. So what ministry is Jesus saying, I want you to do? As the Father sent me, even so send thou you. Well, what did Jesus do? He touched people's lives. And that's what God wants you and I to do. Touch people's lives. We're to touch people's lives with the Word of God. We're to touch people's lives with the goodness of God. We're to touch people's lives with our prayers. We're to touch people's lives with with the Spirit of God. We're to touch people's lives with the living Christ. We're to tell others about how good God is and how He can save our soul and not just save us, He can heal us. He can give us miracles. He says, as the Father sent me, even so send I you. Obviously, those nine apostles believed that because they went out and started touching people. Obviously, Peter believed that. He got so touchy, 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 they even went after his shadow. Amen? Amen? Now, I mean, know oh, that when Peter's shadow began to cross the street or the sidewalk or whatever, it was a welcome sight. I know some folks, their shadow's not a welcome sight. But the shadow of Peter's was a welcome sight. Now, a lot of people say, well, you got to, you know, only certain people can really do great things for God. Well, let me share some things with you. There's, there's a whole lot of people that say, well, you got to, you got to pray through. Well, I've already done that. I've already believed through. Now, I do pray up, but I don't, have to, I don't have to pray through. I've already done that. I've already read through the Bible. I've already went through God. I've already went through repentance. I've already went through the womb of the Holy Ghost. I've already went through, so I don't have to go through something. I've done went through that, and now I'm a child of God. All I got to do now is stay prayed up, talk to the Lord, listen to God's voice, amen? amen? The other night, we had a person come into this church that was, he wasn't homeless, but he had, he had gotten in big trouble. He was afoot, he had no phone. He sat right here in the front. He didn't, distru- he didn't disturb the service at all and he had questions about God giving him another chance and we tried to share that God always gives a chance and and it was it, that night it was extremely cold he wasn't in any trouble he was under our roof basically he was God had put him in our care it was so cold and he wasn't dressed real warm he went out of the church after service and disappeared. He's walking because he has no way to go, no vehicle, no way to go, and he lived deep into Branson, close to Branson West. I went to Taco Bell, and my taco didn't taste that good that night. My food didn't taste real good because I was sitting in Taco Bell and thinking about that man. I came back to the church, did different things, got in my church van, began to go down to the end of the Selmore Road to, and turn left to go home. And the Lord said, uh-uh, uh turn right. The Lord said, I want you to go down Selmore Road. Turn right go down the Selmore Road and find that young man and take care of him. Well, I thought, well, he's long gone. He got on 65, thumbed to ride. He's long gone. And I turned right and went up the road and around the Blancet Sells barn. That's quite a ways down to, almost to the end of Selmore Road. I found him. God told me to find him, and I found him. And he was trying to sleep in the ditch. It was so cold, so cold. And the Lord said, go down there and find him and take him home. And I did. That was a touch that God wanted me to give that young man. It was a warm touch. I told him about the goodness of God, shared with him on the way, told him that he probably would end up in jail, but that would probably be a good thing because he could get in a good Bible class and begin to get himself straightened down. And I shared a little time with him. And I got to thinking, how many people are out there like that? They need your touch. They don't need our pity. They need your touch. And I realize there's some people out there, they're just trying to work the system. I understand that. But this young man was down, 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 as the world would say, down in his luck. But because of Jesus, he got up in his blessing. He got the blessing And I got to touch him and bless him. Now, I said all that to simply say this. God wants us to touch people in the name of Jesus Christ. God wants us to take not one ounce of glory for anything that is done through the results of our prayer. All glory goes to Jesus Christ. For he alone, without him, we can do nothing. And he is the miracle worker. Now, I'm going to share with you just in a moment something that, that the Lord spoke to my heart. And I'm glad that you're here tonight to hear something about the goodness of the Lord and something about what God expects out of us. Because this is a miracle we can trust. I'm trusting that miracle that Jesus died and rose again from the grave. I'm trusting the miracle that he saved me. That's a miracle I can trust. I'm trusting the blood letting on the cross for my sins. I'm trusting the resurrected Jesus. I'm trusting that Jesus Christ will return again. That's a miracle I can trust. But let's don't stop there. Let's understand when he rose again from the grave and went to see his apostles, his children... He said, peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. So now he's saying, I want you to keep the work going. I'm going to my Father's house. I'm going to make intercession for you. I'm going to sit down at the right hand of the Father, make intercession for you. But I want you to continue the work that I started. Amen? Amen? And you can do that in however, however how many degrees you want to do, you know, smile and a handshake and touch people and just be. You can do, or you can go into the depths of miracles. You can actually believe God for a miracle. You can actually believe God to answer your prayer and believe God that because he is alive and he's not dead, he can heal and he can touch lives. I've gone through this book. I've gone through God's love. I've gone through his blood. I've gone through his redemption. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. So I don't have to pray through. I've already done that. But I do have to pray up and be sensitive to what God is saying. And not take one ounce of credit when God answers a prayer. Amen? This is the most important part of the finality of the sermon. I didn't say the fatality, but the finale of the sermon. God's people are legal representatives of God. God's people are legal representatives of God. Are you hearing me? They are legal representatives of God. Why? Verse 21, John 20 then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so send I you. That makes us responsible, that makes us credible, and that makes us representatives. Legal representatives of Jesus Christ. He commissioned us. And the miracle a miracle is the proof of his resurrection. A miracle. It's a proof that God is still alive, that Jesus is still alive. Amen? And the miracle that I can trust is simply this God forgave me, cleansed me, gave me eternal life. I'm a child of God now, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I've been born again. I'm a child of God. I know God. He didn't save me just to go to heaven. He saved me to touch people's lives before I get to heaven. God saved me to be His legal representative. Amen. I am His legal representative. There's a lot of people out there that's illegal. They're trying to preach the Bible and they don't even know God. That's illegal. There's people out there trying to perform miracles and they don't even know who Jesus Christ is and that's illegal. That's trespassing to get the holiness and the goodness of God. But we as children of God, we are his sons, his daughters, blood washed, Holy Spirit in field, breath of God upon us, going out to do the work of God. We are the legal representatives of God. And what makes us legal? We've been born again. We've been saved. I'm forgiven. You know God. You're forgiven. I know God is real. I know Jesus Christ is alive. What makes us legal representatives of God? Just that. Catching a glimpse that Jesus Christ is not a historical figure only, but he lives, he's alive, and he's called us into his work, and we're part of his kingdom. And because we're part of his kingdom, we're part of his army. Because we're part of his kingdom, we're his representatives. And Jesus sits on the throne of heaven. He's alive. And he sent us the Holy Ghost to work in us, through us. The Holy Ghost first to seal us, preserve us, change us, and last but not least, to use us. The Holy Spirit. And we need to learn to pray for people and believe that God's going to heal them. We need to learn to pray for God to bring a miracle. We need to believe in miracles because we're God's representative. And when a miracle happens, it's proof that He is still alive. It proves nothing for me. If a miracle were to take place, you know, I really would, I'd love to see God do it. Incredible miracle right here in this church, and I hope nobody gets credit for it but Jesus Christ. And if you brag about your praying and you brag about what you did and brag about what you're believing, we're going to chain you up to that rock out there and leave you a couple of weeks. Because it's Jesus, Him alone. I'm thirsty for God to flex his wonderful living presence in the midst of his church. God is alive. Jesus Christ still does the best thing that he always does, and that's heal the sick. Amen. Performs miracles. How many would agree that Jesus performed lots of miracles? And we are God's legal representatives because we've been saved because we've been bloodwashed, because we believe who Jesus Christ is, because Jesus Christ has appeared to us in our eyes of faith, because Jesus Christ has changed our lives and given us eternal life, because we as Christians, we trust the greatest miracle of all, his death and resurrection. Don't tell me we're not people of miracles because we trust one to be saved. His greatest miracle of all was he rose again from the grave. Second, Jesus is a miracle worker. We can trust him. And he's not just a used-to-be miracle worker. He's a now, today, miracle worker. Miracles are proof of his resurrection. Absolutely. That's why Paul went over and over again. He's alive. He's alive. Peter went over and over again. He's alive. He's alive. That's why Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Miracles are proof that Jesus still lives, that Jesus still is alive. And we are God's legal representatives to share the majestic power of God in our lives and through to other people's lives. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, 19, and 20, and go down to verse 23. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the traditions of your, from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for who? for you. Verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And by the way, God sent his word to heal them, to deliver them. He sends his word to heal and deliver people's lives. I got saved because God sent his word. I'm encouraged tonight because God sent his word. I'm saved tonight because God robed himself in his word. His name is Jesus, the flesh. Jesus, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God hasn't stopped running the Universe, God hasn't stopped controlling the rising of the sun and setting it down and the moon and the stars. God hasn't went on vacation. God's not dead. God's not out of existence. God's not out there somewhere. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. No, God is in this room. God is in your heart. God is in your mind. If you are a child of God, you are a legal representative of God. And God still saves Why is it we we don't have any trouble believing Jesus saves? But when it comes to saying Jesus still heals, whoa. When it comes to Jesus still performs miracles, whoa. I want you to know Jesus still saves, Jesus still heals, and Jesus still works miracles. Amen? Now, we as God's people need to understand it's not us that's got to prove anything. We can't prove the resurrection. Jesus had to do that. We can't prove that Jesus is alive. Jesus did that. So it's not our job to prove anything. It's our job to know that we're legal representatives. We came through the blood. We're legal. We've been ordained of God. We've been commissioned by God. We're legal. God has commissioned us to go out and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God has commissioned us to go out there and cast out devils. God has commissioned us to go out there and do work. But we, we repulse back because we don't really believe in our heart that Jesus is still alive. He is still alive. Let's don't limit him at our conversion. Let's let our conversion excel and accelerate into the throne room of God. Let's believe God for miracles. Amen. Because when we believe God for miracles, those miracles show us and prove that God, Jesus Christ, still lives. Now, you'd say, well, preacher, in this John chapter 20 and chapter 21, that's just talking about the apostles. No. The 16th chapter mark says that these signs shall follow them that believe. That's not just apostles. That's you and I. And the Bible is very clear that those signs are miracles in the last part of Mark chapter 16. And God confirms his word with signs following. Now, I want you to understand how we need to look at this. Don't put so much confidence in your ability to lay hands on someone. Put your confidence in God's word. Because the miracle comes to the preaching of God's word. More people are healed while the preacher is preaching. More people are healed in other countries and other nations and in, in, in crusades and in, in third world countries. More people are healed during the evangelist preaching, during the preaching of the word. More people are healed during the preaching, not after when the guy lays hands on people. So many times laying hands on people has turned into a circus or a show. But when the preaching of God's Word is ignited and God's Word is being preached, then his word, his, his word brings His presence to heal them all. Am I against laying hands on people? No, 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 no. We should do that. But please, please hear me. Your greatest instrument is not your five fingers. Your greatest instrument is God's Word. People get saved because of God's Word. People get healed because of God's Word. Miracles come because of God's Word. And we're God's representatives. And if we can tell people about how incredible our God is, and if we can explain to them that Jesus is still alive, He's not a dusty historical figure out there beyond the universe somewhere. He's not past history and no one really knows him. He's not the low tone of the church on Sunday morning. No, he's the excellency. He's the manifestation. He's the potentate of all the universe. He still lives. The sun come up because he still lives. The sun set and going to return in the east again because he still lives. The flowers still bloom because he still lives. My wife put a little old bird feeder out the kitchen window. And them little old birds, they come in there to eat that seed. And I watched them. And I said, isn't that just like God? He used Judy to feed the birds. Amen? Judy can't even take credit for that. She planted some flowers in the flower pot right there where the bird feeder is. And I think, Judy, you're planting flowers, and it's December. It's as cold as it can be, and you're planting flowers. And she did. She planted, oh, I know, 30 or 40 flowers, and they looked gorgeous. They looked absolutely astounding in November. They even looked better in October. But, oh, when December come around, every flower in that bed died but one. And that one little flower sticks straight up, as pretty as it can be, and that one little flower is saying, Jesus still lives. Jesus still lives. And you may need to be that one person that stands up in the midst of this cold, frosty, dying world, and stand up and say, Jesus still lives. Amen. Jesus still lives And if we can explain to people The resurrection is not some kind of special day In the spring Resurrection is a person And that person is Jesus Christ And if we can explain to people He still heals He still performs miracles Because miracles is the proof of his resurrection Now I believe Jesus Christ rose rose again from the dead But when I see a miracle I have to say wow there's some proof Amen Amen When I look around and I see God heal, there's proof. Amen? I've heard this all my life. God heals. There's a miracle. You know, God wants to do a miracle. But then when many times people will cleave to their family at a time of crisis, and they'll cleave to their doctors in a time of crisis, but they don't cleave to their Savior. Your your family is important. Your family is wonderful, but your family can't take you any further past the graveyard than the tombstone. That's as far as your family can take you is to the grave. Your friends can make you feel good about dying, but you're still dead at the end. Only Jesus Christ can make you feel good about dying and also make you feel good about living. Because Jesus still lives. He's alive. And I want to share that thought with you tonight. That miracles is the proof that Jesus is still alive. Churches everywhere is the proof that Jesus is still alive. Millions of converted saints of God is proof that Jesus is still alive. Well, if he's still alive... Let's believe him for some more healings. If he's still alive and and he is, let's believe him for some miracles. Amen? Let's believe him and let's trust him. And so tonight, I'm trusting the greatest miracle of all, that Jesus died for me and rose again from the grave. That's a miracle I can trust. But I'm telling you, I I live for a Savior. His name is Jesus, and he's a miracle worker I can trust. Amen. And when he heals and touches, I know that that is proof that he still lives. Do I have to have that proof? No. I've got all the proof I need. He died, rose again from the grave. I believe that with all my heart. Blessed are they that have not seen, yet they have believed. Uh, Jesus is very clear on that. But there's so much more that we Christians could experience if we would just recognize that He's not a historical figure only. He's not just a story only. He's a living Savior, He's alive. He's not any less hey, he's not any less alive down here as he is up in heaven. He's not more alive in heaven than he is down here. He's alive there, he's alive here. Why? Because he's not dead here. And he's not dead there. He's alive there and he's alive here. Everybody shout he's alive here. And he's alive there. Well, if he's alive there and he's alive here, then we ought to trust him for miracles. Amen. You say, well, I don't believe this, preacher. Well, don't you worry. You won't have to worry about any of it. Because if your God sent a miracle, you'd deny it anyway if you don't believe him. Amen? But I believe him. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. And I want you to know today that the resurrection of Jesus is a miracle you can trust. I trust him. We need to be more willing when someone says they need prayer to do it right there at Taco Bell, to do it right there in Walmart, to do it right there, wherever you're at, school or wherever you're at. We need to be, you know, when someone says, pray for me, say, okay. Pray right there. You say, what if nothing happens? That's not your job. The happening stuff Jesus does, that ain't your business. Stay out of the Lord's business. Amen? Amen? I mean, if I was the Lord and I was watching some of these preachers pushing people down, I'd come down there and I'd push them down. I'd rub their nose in the carpet. Amen? Now, do I believe in falling under the power of God? Yeah, and I believe in falling not under the power of God, too. And one is really ouchy and hurts. Amen? Some people fall and some people fall under the power of God. Some people fall under the power and some people just fall. Some people pretend to fall. I'll close with this. I had a guy that came to my church years ago and he would come to the front of the church and he was always talking about healing, talking about miracles. And, you know, God told me to go up on that mountain and pray, you know. And he he was just, you, you wondered if he ever found the floor when he got up in the morning. You feel like he just stuck to the wall or the ceiling. And he'd come forward every every night during Aldercon. He'd say, I've got the Lord's going to do something big tonight. And he'd raise his hands like He'd say, pray for me. He had a big old cancer on the side of his neck. He said, pray for me. And I said, I'll pray for you. But I noticed every time he'd come up and I'd pray for him, he'd raise his hands like this and then he'd look back behind him. He kept looking. And if someone was behind him, he would... Fall. I got tired of that because I knew that he wasn't being real. He was just looking around, you know. So, so I told my ushers, I said, next time he comes up for prayer, and I lay hands on him, you're standing behind him. What I'd like for you to do, just step back. Just, just step back. He comes up, and he's going, looking, and they're behind him, and I lay hands on him, the ushers just step back. Boom! He hit the concrete floor, like a slab of meat against the concrete. Oh, go whack, and he groaned, and he groaned, and he rolled and groaned. He never came forward for healing again like that. Never did. One day I was praying for him and I took that tumor by my hand. It was on the side of his neck. It was as big as a almost as big as a, a golf ball. It was huge. Nasty. It was already running. And I grabbed that thing and I prayed for him and said, Jesus, you're alive. Would you do something for this man? He didn't fall. He left the service that night and said, I want you to know, I appreciate you praying for me. Well, during the night, that tumor fell off on his pillow. Fell off on his pillow. He came to church the next week and had that tumor wrapped up in a handkerchief. And I said, I don't want to see it, it's nasty. And I thought of John the Baptist's head on a charger. He, he brought it up in a napkin. He said, "I want you to see that." I don't want to see it. He said, "Well, look at here." And he pointed at the side, right at his temple. He said, "Look here," and it was just as smooth as baby skin. The tumor was gone. He celebrated the power of Jesus. A few months later. He got sideways with the church. And he got sideways with his wife. And he got mean. And did you know on his, I can't remember whether it was his right side or left side, but the side where the cancer was stayed just smooth. But because he got sideways, the other cancer came up on his other side. Same spot. That's what Jesus meant when you said he said when Jesus said, Go and don't sin anymore, lest a worse thing come upon you. I seen him ten years later. Actually it was almost twenty years later I seen him. And he had a cloth down over his head and the towels were down on his shoulders on both sides. And he had contracted cancer on both sides of his face and it was just wrapped around his his neck and around his body and it was just running everywhere. And he looked at me and he said, Brother James, if you would pray for me, I'd be so grateful to get rid of these things. And I said to him, Go to the doctor, find you a surgeon, and have him remove those tumors. He went to the doctor, they removed the tumors. He healed perfectly. He had no other side effects. And I see him another 10 years later. He's now very old, and he's healed. They're just things that God requires of us. But we have a miracle working God. Amen? A miracle working God. Did I cause that tumor to come out? Absolutely not. God reached down there in his sleep while he's on the bed, and God just reached over there with his fingers and pinched it off and left it laying there for him to find the next morning. That's the kind of God I serve. He can bless you while you're asleep. Shuck, there's hope for people in this church right now. He can bless you while you're asleep. Amen? Amen? I not only serve a God of miracles, I serve a God that blesses people on Sunday morning, even when they're asleep. Got a good God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand with me. Josh, come bring us on. I hope you got a blessing tonight. I hope the Lord spoke to you. We are God's representative. It's not our job to heal. I realize the Bible says, we'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But it didn't say that you would be the one recovering them. It said, they will recover. And we need to understand that we can't take credit for any of this. I can't take credit for my salvation. I certainly can't take credit for anything God does. Because without Him, I can do nothing. We need to believe God for miracles. He's the potentate. He can do anything. He's sovereign. He can do anything He wants to do at any time because he's not a historical figure gone past. He's a living God now. And we need to keep that focused in our minds tonight. Joshua saying, to I want to invite you to come. Just believe God that he is a living savior. He heals, he delivers, he saves, and he still performs miracles.